the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. UAVA. The following program is sponsored by Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. This morning, with the time that we have left, we want to invite your attention to 1 Samuel chapter 16. We'll begin our reading at verse 14. The word of the Lord reads as follows. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man, a skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that when he plays with his hands, the distressing spirit from the Lord, from God is with this is upon you and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servant, Provide me now a man who can play well. And bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen the son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing a mighty man of valor and a man of war, prudent in speech and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread and skin of wine and young goat, and sent them by his son David to Saul. So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. And so it was, whenever the Spirit of the God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and Play it with his hands. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. We began our journey, seven sermon series summarizing the life of David last week in 1 Samuel 16 as well, looking at the first 13 verses. We began there looking at the selection of David. And what we want to continue to do as we go through this is really just trying to get some snapshots of David's life that might benefit us in our own life and in our own journey. Also might help us to understand somewhat better the depth and the breadth of the life of this great patriarch, King David. And so we looked at the selection of David within a subtitle, He Sees the Best in You. We saw there that God provided David for himself 
And secondly, God looked not at the outward, but God looked at the heart of David and also of us, and that God anointed David to be the one. After the selection of David, we get to witness around verse 13, where the Spirit of the Lord departs from Saul and then comes upon David. And this morning, as we look at these verses in verse 14 through 23, I want to talk to you from a subject matter, the psalmist David, with a sub idea that your gift will make room for you. The term psalmist is a term that only began to be used in the 15th century, primarily focusing on the work of David being king and also a writer of what is believed 78 of the 150 psalms that we see. But the definition or etymology of that word is one who composes sacred music, music that is of God, from God, and for God. Not for the pleasure of men, not for selling CDs, not for popularity, but for the glory of God. David was indeed a psalmist, a composer of sacred music. As I look through this journey, this portion of David's life as the psalmist, in this particular passage of scripture, we first see what I call the Ichabod effect. Ichabod is a term that we see in scripture that has as a meaning that the glory or the presence of the Lord departs. If you look at verse 13, actually, of chapter 16, you'll see that Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him, and in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went. But as we pick up where we are in verse 14, it says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. First of all, let me remind us we're in the Old Testament. This is before the indwelling Spirit of God. This is when the Spirit of the Lord came upon people to accomplish an assignment for God. It was the authoritative presence or power of God. And with David's case, what happens, the Ichabod effect helps to position David for the role that God has for him. And what I'm trying to help us understand, if without the Ichabod effect, there would be no Spirit of the Lord coming upon David because the Spirit of the Lord will have continually rested upon Saul. The Spirit of the Lord would only dwell on one king at a time. Only one king could be in Israel with the authority to lead God's people for God. There can only be one head. Anything with more than one head is is a monster. And, and I need you to understand that it's kind of like in a household, but mama and daddy can't be in charge. There's got to be the anointing. There's got to be the spiritual authoritative power of God upon one leadership. There can't be multiple presidents. There can only be one president. There can only be one who sits in that seat of authority for God. And so in order for David to come into the, the ordained position that God had for him, Ichabod had to take place. 
Uh, we get to see this Ichabod effect in also 1 Samuel chapter 4 when the Ark of the Covenant is taken. The Bible says when the Ark of the Covenant was taken in war by the Philistines that uh, Hophni and Phinehas, which were Eli's sons, both were killed at war. And the Bible says when the message came back to Eli that his sons had both been killed at war, that Eli fell backwards off of his seat and broke his neck and he died. And the Bible says when the word came to Phinehas's wife that was at, at a point of giving birth, she uh, went into labor instantly, gave birth, and then she died. And the Bible says that when the, the maids came around and, and they saw the child was born, they gave the child the name Ichabod because the glory, the, the presence of God was gone. In the midst of the glory of the Lord departing, there was death, 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 death. When God's power is not present, there's death. And so the Ichabod was essential, the death of the authoritative position of Saul as, if I can say this, catapults David into position. And when the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, something interesting happened. It says that a distressing spirit from the Lord began to trouble Saul. When you have a void of the presence of the Lord in your life, that void is going to be filled by something. When the presence, when the spiritual presence of God departed, there was an empty dwelling place for a demonic presence. And a distressing spirit comes and fills the place where the presence of God was in Saul's life. And this distressing spirit came and troubled Saul and, and I'm going to say tormented Saul and caused him distress. And one of his servants recognized and he says in verse 15, and Saul's servant said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Because we have the indwelling presence of God, we don't have so much the Ichabod effect. God does, is not going to leave us. But when we don't stay in his presence and, and we, we don't keep company and fellowship with him, I, I do need us to understand that we do open the door for another fellowship to take place. It's not that the demonic spirit can indwell you, but when you're not fellowshipping with God, you go fellowship with somebody. Uh, amen. And if it's not God, there's only one other person that it could be. And so when you're out of fellowship with God, you will fellowship with the devil. And I know y'all are too holy and too high and too spiritual to admit it this morning, but you probably can testify when you have fallen out of fellowship with God, you found yourself leaning toward some things that were not like God. You, you found yourself even thinking about doing some things that were not like God. And if you're wise, you'll run back into the presence of God and say, God, restore my broken fellowship because I found myself in a place where I ought not be. The Spirit of the Lord departed it, the Ichabod effect, and, and it comes upon David for the authoritative position of king. Secondly, there in verse number 16, the servant says, Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that he will play with his hands, and when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, you shall be well. That's what I call the instrumental medication. This servant gives the idea that there's a way in which Saul can get medicine from music. But the musician needs to be skillful. Because when they're not skillful, instead of the distressing spirit departing, 
the distressing spirit might get upset and cause you more torment. But when the instrumentalist is skillful, the suggestion is here in the text, when he is skilled, then the distressing spirit from the Lord will depart and you will be well. That's the the medicinal recipe. That's the the prescription from this servant. And so Saul heard it and thought, hey, you know, that's a good idea that I will get a skillful musician that would play. And whenever this distressing spirit comes upon me, I'll have him play. And that spirit will depart. And so David was a skillful psalmist. He was a skillful creator of sacred music. For when David played, he played unto the Lord. I like this. Uh, Even though David is going to sit in front of Saul, David is not playing to Saul. When David, the sacred psalmist, sits in front of Saul to play on his, his harp, he is playing unto the Lord. And because he plays unto the Lord, the Lord controls the situation. And even for my musicians, for my singers, for my, for my choir members, for my, my praise team members, your, your song has to be unto the Lord. It's, it's not about bringing pleasure to the tickling ears of the people. It's not about arousing within them a particular emotion or emotive. It's about playing unto the Lord. And because the music is unto the Lord, the spirit of the Lord that's in them is affected. And watch this, watch this. Um, he's skillful. He, uh, the medicinal recipe has been given. So Saul, verse 17, says, now go out and, and provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. So then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite who is skillful in playing. He's a mighty man of valor. Now, what I really think is happening here is he is stretching the truth about David a little bit. Because right now, David's about 15 years old, maybe 13 he hasn't proven himself in any war or any battles, but not yet. But I think he's stretching it to boost his credentials, his resume, to encourage the king to know that I'm going to bring you somebody who, who is of great value in the things that you consider valuable. Can I say this right here? You don't need to boost the resume when God is with the man. All he really needed to say is he's skillful and the Lord is with him. Because the fact that he's skillful at what he does and the Lord is with him takes his skill sets to a whole nother plateau. There are what I call skillful and talented people. There are talented talkers. There are talented musicians. There are talented singers. But if the Lord is not with them, their instrumental music, their vocal can only go so far. Their their articulations can only take them so far. But when the Lord is with them. Then that takes things to a whole nother level. It takes things to a whole nother uh, place of, of impact. And in David's case, as we see here, not only is David skilled, but watch this, but the Lord is with him. Now, I need to talk to you just for a moment about the power of music, because as I look at what's happening here in the text, the servant comes up with this idea that music can be the medicine for the melody. And what's amazing to me is that he chooses music. Why not choose a soothsayer? Why not choose a good talker? Why not choose a good singer? Why not choose something other? No, the medicine that comes to mind in the service is music and not vocal music, but instrumental music. You just need someone who is skillful in the instrumental music. But I need us to understand something, that there is power in music. I found out that it has been medically proven that music 
can actually cause pain to go away. Music can boost the immune system. It, it has the potential of improving motor skills and mental focus. It reduces stress. It can put you in a place where you are at peace and rest and in serenity. I have normally when I'm doing sermon preparation, when I do it at the church, I have a couple of CDs that I always use to play to help me focus. And they kind of bring me into that kind of Shekinah presence with God. And and I'm able to focus better amidst all the other distractions that may be going on in the office. And and this past week, I couldn't find those CDs. Both of them were missing. And I wasn't really sure what happened, but, but it affected me so that I didn't have this medicine. That I was disturbed and I was asking everybody, did you see, have you seen these CDs? Because this music has power to quiet me, to settle me, to get me into the presence of God where I can focus on the things of God and and better hear from God when I listen to this music. I went on to find out that there's been studies done at several universities and hospitals that also found out that music can regulate your heart rate. It can help to bring your heart rate down and your, your respiratory rate down and even your blood pressure down. Music has an ability to transcend the, the, the physical realm. It can move beyond just melody to the physical to even into the spiritual realm where it affects not only the angelic, but also the demonic. Isn't it interesting that God himself has angels singing in heaven? Isn't that interesting that music is a part of the angelic choir? Isn't it interesting that when Jesus himself shows up, there is a a musical accompaniment to his presence? I need us to understand that music has power, and David, as a psalmist, has in his hands the power to transcend the physical, to move into the demonic, to oppress the depressor. That is, to even rebuke the demonic spirit from Saul. As I look and think about this whole idea of music, and I know this is not just a sermon to the musically inclined, but I need to help our musicians and our our instrumentalists and our, our vocalists to understand that music has power beyond just sounding good. Because when I'm hooked up with God, when when I'm walking with God and I'm utilizing the giftedness that I have, the, the talent that I've been given, when folk walk in the door and they've got distressing spirits from life's troubles on them, they need a presence of God. They need a, a power of God. They need the musical medicine of God to bring them into God's presence. They don't need just a tingly, tickly thing. Because demonic presences and demonic powers and demonic entities have gotten accustomed to the feel-good music. But they can't deal with the God-infused power that is being played to God, for God, and before God. They can't deal with that because God is now getting glory and the power of God is moving. Watch this. From the musical, watch this, and it's interesting to me that music moves into the atmosphere, the dwelling place of the demonic, and it disrupts. Somehow, uh, the very communicative abilities of the demonic realm. David, the psalmist, has that kind of ability because the Lord is with him. He's skillful. He plays well. And as he plays well, watch this, his gift makes room for him. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16 says that a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. 
As I look here, David, in verse number 19, I see that as they have introduced and they've suggested, we've got to get this man, we've got to get a skillful man. Verse 19 says, Saul sent messengers to Jesse's house and said, to send me your son David, who is with the sheep, that he might be brought here. Well, wait a minute. David is that eccentric kid. He's that strange one, you know, the ruddy one, the good looking kid, you know, bright eyed, redhead, red faced kid. You know, he's out there with the sheep, strange, eccentric, singing and, and, and doing his stuff with the sheep and, and making songs and playing on his harp to the sheep. He's strange, but look what his strangeness has done for him. His gift has brought him now, has got him noticed, first of all, because somebody noticed he was skillful. David hadn't played for any orchestras. He hadn't played in any coliseums. He, but, but watch this. But he was noticed because he was faithful in what he did. I'm trying to help somebody right here. You, you, you don't have to ring your own bell. You don't have to sound your own alarm. If you're faithful in what God has given you to do, your gift will make room for you. Even if you're keeping sheep, God will make room for you because your gift will bring you before great men. Can you imagine that here you are, a janitor? But as a janitor, you go along being faithful as a janitor and you're singing your songs of Zion as a janitor and somebody notices you. But you were faithful as a janitor. Now, if you were a bad janitor, that's what they would know about you. No, but David was faithful. His assignment that he's in as a, a shepherd, it seems like it has nothing to do with getting him before the king. Now, what David could have done is say, you know, look, hey, yesterday I was anointed king. I need to start acting kingly. I need to start looking kingly. I'm going out and, and on my credit card, I'm going to get me a king robe. And I'm going to get a fake crown and I'm going to walk around so everybody know I'm looking like kingly. And, uh, you know, I'm going to speak them things that are, that are not as if they are. You know, I'm going to start applying some scripture, twist it all up, make it sound right and look good. And, and I'm going to walk in my stuff, you know. But not David said, no, I'm just going to be faithful where I am. I'm trying to get that to sink down into your spirit. If you're faithful in what you're doing for the Lord, your gift will make room for you. Then finally, we have this inquiry for promotion from the king. Because as David comes before the king, it says, And Jesse took a donkey, loaded it up with bread and skin and wine, and he sent his son along. Verse 21 says, Then David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly. Look at that. Saul fell in love with David. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. What happens here in the text is there's an inquiry to promote David permanently, if you will. I appreciate his music and what he has done and what he is doing is bringing me peace. When the distressing spirit comes because he's so skillful, because God is with him, when he plays, I'm falling in love with him and, and I'm going to just show him favor. And the king, the sitting king, is now showing favor to the anointed king. What I want you to understand is just because you're sitting in a shepherd's chair doesn't mean that you haven't been anointed king. Just because everybody hasn't recognized you yet doesn't mean that the anointing isn't on you for recognition. Doesn't mean that God's not working things out to prepare you. Doesn't mean that your gift is not opening doors for you. I know that you're, you want to get there and, and you want to get there yesterday, but God's time is different from our time. David's not going to sit on the throne just yet, but God has at least, watch this, brought him into the palace so he can survey the territory. I need to see how I'm going to redecorate this place when I get here. I need to know what, what is God going to do in my life. 
life when I get here. I need to be able to get inside the palace so I know where I'll put my stuff. God is already working out for him. His gift has brought him into that presence. And now the king is saying, can you let David stay with me and play for me? Because when he plays, something happens on the inside of me. When, when I get calm on the inside, I, I get peace on the inside when David plays because the God is now with him and not with me. And I just love the way if this thing closes out, it says, and so it was. Whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take his heart and play it with his hands. And Saul would become refreshed and well. And the distressing spirit would depart from him. This psalmist, David, composer of sacred music, has been given and gifted by God with the supernatural ability to transcend the flesh and to affect the demonic, that even the demonic cannot stay in the presence. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together, and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515 Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buca Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.